In this week's market update, the UK is in focus with house prices, inflation and interest rates in the spotlight. More data suggests the US bull market has legs. Weak Chinese growth spills over into Europe and the ongoing 60-40 debate. Well, it's a big week for the UK from a data perspective, with the Bank of England bringing a two-week cluster of central bank meetings to a close on Thursday. Before that, we've got updates on inflation and the housing market. And the place where all of that hits people in the pocket is the mortgage market, which is front of mind today. The cost of a two-year mortgage rose above 6% today as the yield on two-year gilts rose to their highest level in 15 years in anticipation of another rise in interest rates later this week and the prospect of more hikes to come in the months ahead. According to MoneyFacts, a data provider, the average cost of a two-year fixed mortgage rose to 6.01% on Monday, while a five-year fix edged higher to 5.67%. The sharp rise in the cost of home loans is starting to look like a major political problem for the government as thousands of fixed-term mortgages roll over onto significantly more expensive deals. The Resolution Foundation said over the weekend that the average cost of a fixed mortgage would rise by £2,900 a year, compounding the cost of living crisis for households already struggling with higher fuel, energy and food bills. This poses a mounting problem for the government with the clock ticking on the timing of the next election. Despite this, calls for fiscal support for homeowners at risk of losing their houses appear for now to have fallen on deaf ears. Although the election doesn't technically need to be held until January 2025, governments typically dislike going to the polls in the autumn or winter. The most likely date for the next general election is this time next year when interest rates and mortgages could still be rising and house prices falling. In recent weeks, swaps markets have pointed to a peak for UK interest rates of nearly 6%, up from 5.35% just at the beginning of this month. Higher mortgage rates are already showing up in falling house prices, with the average down 4% from its August peak, according to Nationwide. The 3.4% year-on-year drop in May was the biggest annual fall since 2009 in the wake of the financial crisis. According to Rightmove today, the average asking price in the UK fell in June, but only by £82, suggesting that sellers are still resisting the evidence from the market. This week's rate-setting meeting for the Bank of England is expected to deliver yet another rate hike from the current level of 4.5%. The only question is whether the bank opts for a quarter-point rise or decides to act more decisively and raises rates by half a percentage point this time. That may be determined by Wednesday's inflation reading, expected to dip from 87 to 8.3% in May. Last week, Andrew Bailey, Governor of the Bank of England, admitted that inflation was coming down much more slowly than hoped. The core rate, which excludes volatile elements such as energy and food, increased from 6.2% to 6.8% in April and will be a key focus this week. In large part, this is being driven by wage growth, currently running above 7% and threatening a wage price spiral in which persistently high inflation drives higher pay demands and vice versa. So, the economic outlook in the UK is gloomy, and that has been reflected to an extent in the performance of the UK stock market. As we approach the half-year mark, the FTSE 100 is barely higher than where it started the year. That's a very different story from the US, 
where the big question continues to be whether the 20% plus rise since last October's cyclical low point for the S&P 500 is the start of a new bull market or just another bear market rally. It's a difficult question to answer with any certainty because the US market is currently divided between the small handful of mainly very large tech stocks which are doing extremely well and the rest of the market which in the main is not. Leaving that aside and assuming that the rise in the market is across the board, the current gain of more than 60% of last year's decline argues that the bull market is for real. Bear market rallies typically run out of steam at or below a 50% retracement. In valuation terms too, it can be argued that there is further to go. The average expansion in price earnings multiples in the early cycle phase of a bull market is 44%. So the current increase of 28% from last October's multiple of 15 times earnings to today's 19 could go further still. Based on consensus earnings estimates for 2024, a 22 times multiple, which is what the 44% gain would imply, could take the S&P 500 to 5,300, significantly higher than today's 4,400. Of course, there are a lot of ifs at work here. First is that earnings forecasts are achieved. The current expectation is that we get a modest decline this year and then a double-digit rise in 2024. Now, whether that's achievable depends in large part on what happens to interest rates. The expectation that rates are close to peaking in the US and will come down sharply in the second half of the year has undergone a rethink in recent weeks. Higher for longer looks more likely now. Well, that's certainly not the case in China, where the focus is less on inflation and much more on a lack of growth as the bounce back from COVID continues to disappoint. Five months after President Xi Jinping abruptly reversed stringent COVID controls, the country's economy is still not firing on all cylinders. While consumers are starting to spend again, the property sector, responsible for about 30% of Chinese economic activity, is struggling to recover. In addition, the Chinese export engine is spluttering amid weakening overseas demand, as high interest rates and inflation put the brakes on spending overseas. The government has already started to rein in interest rates and is expected to make further cuts, which could be accompanied by tax breaks and other support for small businesses. But the China growth slowdown is not just impacting its domestic market. Here in Europe, Germany is officially in recession and a key driver of that is a slowdown in demand for its exports, with China a key contributor to that headwind. European stocks fell at the start of this week, led by declines for mining and basic materials stocks, which are particularly sensitive to Chinese demand. And finally, one of the big debates of last year and this, the future of so-called 60-40 funds, which balance holdings in shares and bonds, continued with industry heavyweights BlackRock and Vanguard taking opposing positions. BlackRock said early in the year that following last year's unusual two-pronged losses, with both shares and bonds falling in tandem, investors should look to diversify more widely across a broader range of assets. The 60-40 portfolio, 60% shares, 40% bonds, has long been used as a quick and easy form of diversification, but confidence in the approach was knocked by last year's disappointing performance. This week, Vanguard waded into the debate with research showing that since 1977, 
last year was the only year in which both bonds and shares had fallen at the same time. In every other year, either both rose in value or one rose offsetting a loss in the other. The whole point of 6040 is to deliver a steady return over time, a smoother ride for investors. And according to Vanguard, it's done that despite last year. Over the past 10 years, the approach delivered 6% a year on average. And even over the past four years, the return was little changed at 5.9%. And Vanguard predicts 6.1% for 6040 over the next 10 years. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipients. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.